something Pastor Mickey said at the very beginning. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, it's not just hear and know that the Lord's good. It's not just acknowledge that the Lord's good. It's, it's no, get a taste for yourself. Go into the presence of God. Maybe you got to give him a kiss to get a taste. I don't know. But you got to taste and see that he is good. You know, religion wants to keep you out of the presence of God. It wants to, religion wants to keep you away from you and him being face to face. And everything Jesus did was to get you there was to get you to the throne room for you to taste, for you to see that he's so good. And some of us have tasted, right? Some of us firsthand experience, I've had that flavor on on my tongue before. God is so good. Better than any ice cream, that's for sure. Come on, taste and see that the Lord, it's, this is, a, this is an action that we do. He put it in our court. It wasn't, let me force this flavor on you and I'll force you to get a taste. No, he invites us. He invites us to come and get a glimpse, get a smell, maybe touch. Those are all natural senses, but this is talking about something spiritual. You know you have spiritual senses, right? You know you can feel things spiritually. That's different than emotional feelings. Like the Spirit of God can be grieved. That's an emotion that's spiritual. Likewise, we can go and taste and see that the Lord. We have hundreds of invitations in the word of God for us to not just accept what religion sells and say, yep, someday when I die, I'm going to get a taste of the Lord. Someday on the other side of death in heaven, I'll finally know how good God is. No, we have invitations in the word today for you right now to taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't plan on talking much, but I do want to go through an exercise of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Can we do that? You're free to sit down while we do this. I don't want to make you stand up the whole night. I guess you guys might have to. I don't know. (laughs) Like I said, I'm not going to be up here for that long. Let's do this. Again, it's an invitation that he's given us to partake of him. It's not something that he has just left up to his choice. You know, how many people have heard of people having really cool experiences with the Lord? You've heard of, wow, you know, you see, see him in scripture all over the place, right? 
see Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's having an encounter with God. All the, the, the disciples that are up there with him, they're seeing what he's seeing. They're wanting to build statues and, and monuments over what's happening. And, and it's like there's this repeating thing that happens in Scripture where people, seemingly just like you and me, have these amazing encounters or experiences with the Lord. And you see, you know, who was it? Jacob wrestled with the Lord, right? And there's, you see Paul, and he had an encounter in heaven. He said he was caught up. He didn't know whether he was in the body or out of the body. You see all these things happening, and it's like, you know, there's a whole lot of these for us to just take the religious uh, pill that they're trying to force down your throat that just says, oh, that's for someone else. That's for God to just, he's, if, he, if that's going to happen, that's going to be completely up to him and not up to you. And I just don't think so. I don't think we have that many examples of people having experiences with God for us to be like, well, hopefully someday the Lord picks me. The Lord picks me to take me to heaven and show me things in heaven. The Lord, hopefully the Lord shows me things that, that, you know, he comes down and he says from a, with a booming voice, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. That would be so cool. It's like, I don't think it's just, if it was just up to God, I think it would be happening a lot more. I mean, think about it. If it was just up to him, and he could just at any time come down and take you to heaven, show you around, send you back. Maybe it's out of the body, whatever it is. If he could just all of a sudden show up, Jesus, in physical form, because he's done that, right? You heard of different people, even, even in our day, who've seen Jesus like walk into their room. Brother Hagen talks about multiple encounters. You know, um, Joe Morris he talks about encounters that he's had with Jesus just walking in his room. You know, if that was just 100% up to the Lord and we had no part to play in that, I think he would be doing it a lot more often. Think about if you're God, just, just put yourself in his shoes for just a second. Okay, you're God and you're trying to get your will done on the earth and you have all these people, these believers, these sons and daughters of yours, and you're trying to get your will done through them, don't you think you'd be like, all right, yeah, this knucklehead's just not getting it, so I'm just going to come down, and I'm just going to tell him in person, you know, because he's just not getting it himself. He's just totally off base. If God could just do that whenever he decided to do that, I think it would happen pretty often. Like right before we're about to make that life-altering decision that's going to go really bad and he knows it. And he'd be like, wait a sec, son. Have you really thought this through? Are you sure you want to go do that? How many in here, I've never heard of that happening to anybody. All of a sudden, I'm about to do something that's going to completely change my life for the worse, and the Lord just shows up in person and interrupts me. I mean, you think about it, if you could do that as God, I think I would do that pretty often. 
how many people I could save, how many headaches I could get people out of, how many situations I could make right if I was God. Maybe it has more to do with us. Maybe it's more on our end, and, and maybe it's based more on our expectation. You know, if God didn't want us to expect times with him, encounters with him, then he probably shouldn't have put so many examples in his word. And he probably shouldn't have given us invitations like, taste and see that I'm good. Or, or, you know, the invitation that says, come boldly to the throne room of grace. You know, those are invitations that he has just blanketed out to us. What if we don't, like, accept the invitation? What if we say, well, that's surely something that you have to make happen, God. Well, I gave you my word. I said, you have access to do this. It's now on you. I'm not going to force you into the throne room of grace. That's your job to come. I said come. I didn't say I'm going to come grab you. Now, that word is a very specific come. Come to the throne room of grace. Clearly, that's not here. If that was here, then we don't need to go anywhere, right? If, I, if, if, if the Lord invites me to come to the throne room of grace, that means that I have to go somewhere. Does that make sense? Well, where, where do you go to get to the throne room of grace? How do you get there? Where is it? Well, it's in heaven because that's where the throne is, right? I mean, the throne room would be obviously in heaven. It's not here yet. Someday it's going to be here. Jesus is going to come back, and guess what? He's going to set up the throne room on earth. That's coming someday. But right now, it ain't here. Yet this invitation is not for after his second coming. It's not for after he sets it up on the earth after, after he comes back. The invitation's for right now. The invitation's for anyone who needs some grace and mercy. So is the invitation to taste and see that the Lord is good. So I want to do this. Um, again, we could talk all day about all these things, but I want us to just have an opportunity corporately to taste and see that the Lord is good. Have an opportunity to go to the throne room of grace to receive it in time of need. There's those opportunities that they, they really exist anytime you need them. Like God is available 24-7. He doesn't have an on-off switch. He's just always on. And he's always awake. He's always available. He's not shy on power, on ability, on anointing. Anytime we need him, we can call on the name of the Lord. Anytime we need to go to the throne room of grace, there he is to meet our needs. Amen? Amen? So I want to do this. I want to do this. I want, to, I want us to practically receive what the Lord is trying to give to us, which is to taste and see that he is good. You know, this is more than just an intellectual thing of knowing that he's good. It's, it's kind of like trying to explain love to someone who's never been in love. 
How do you explain being in love to someone who has never been there? It's hard because there's really no point of reference for that person. They really can't grasp the full emotion of it, the full experience. It's exhilarating. You could put a lot of English words to it, but it doesn't do it justice. If you're, if you're in love, you know what I'm saying. There's just, you can't describe it to anybody. You just have to be like, well, you'll just know when you get there. When you're in love, you'll just know. And it'll be like, no one can talk you out of it. You experienced it. And so tasting and seeing that the Lord is good is also very much the same where it's like, either you've tasted or you haven't. And if you have, you're like, there's nothing like him. He's so amazing. And all of a sudden, your worship changes. And all of a sudden, your expectation of how your life go completely changes. Because before, it's like, when I pray, it's like, I hope I get what, the, what I'm praying for. I hope the Lord actually hears me. I hope, I hope, I hope. Rather than like, he's so good, it's like anything I need, I can get from him. And doesn't that line up with what Jesus said multiple times in scripture? Ask anything. Who, who in, of you, if your son or daughter came to you and asked for bread, would he give them a stone? How much more does your father love you? You being carnal or being natural, you wouldn't give your own kids something that they're not asking for or something worse. Jesus is making this comparison here and saying, God is like way better than any natural father. Anybody ever experience or see a natural father do a really good job and like, man, that's a good dad. That's a good father. Look at how he treats his kids. Look at how much when his kids need something, they're not shy. They're not afraid to go to him. How many know if there's, if you see a kid that's afraid to go to their dad for something, you're like, man, something's wrong with that guy. I don't know, but there's, there's something there. He's done something wrong. Jesus is saying this, your father is so much better than any earthly dad. That earthly dad that you have, that picture perfect father that maybe you either did have or wish you had, like God destroys him in the area of goodness. Absolutely just blows him out of the water. And all those good things that that dad would do for, it, for his kids, so much more will God do for us but sometimes it's like, yeah, I just don't know. Well, that's because you haven't tasted yet. That's because you haven't for yourself experienced the goodness of God. And I could just keep going, but it seems like good to just start partaking of his goodness. So we sang the song that he's the breath in our lungs, right? And you know, they have these things called I've never been to one, but they have these things called oxygen bars. You ever heard of those? Apparently you just breathe <laughs> concentrated oxygen and it makes you feel better, right? It makes you feel good. Well, if God's really the, the air in our lungs, he's our breath, then I want to do this. I want to just have us in just a minute. We're going to close our eyes and we're just going to practice and, and in faith experience God 
coming inside of us tangibly. Now, spiritually, he's already in you. We're not doing this to get God in you more because spiritually, you're full as you full can be if you're a believer, right? Because these are believers' meetings. You can't get any more full of God spiritually, but tangibly, those things can fluctuate. I know people who have come to me even just recently. I feel so alone, like God's not with me, like he left me. It's like, okay, but you're saved. And then there's the word that Jesus said. He said, I'd never leave you, I'd never forsake you. And he also said, there's nothing that can pluck you out of my hand. So it's true right now that God's inside of you. Yeah, you're right, his word says it. But what you're experiencing is completely different. So experiences can change, which is why we're gonna operate in what's true, which is the spiritual truth that God's already in you, and we're gonna experience what's already true spiritually. Our, our experiences should be matching up to spiritual truth. If our experiences are not matching spiritual truth, then the spiritual truth, we're either misunderstanding it or we're not actively applying it. I could probably say that a few times to let it sink in. But what I just said there was pretty deep. Spiritual truth, if it's not our experience, which by the way, spiritual truth is, I'll just cover a few of them. Spiritual truth, God's joy is in you. God's peace is in you. God's life is in you to the point where no sickness, no disease can touch you. God, God's um, freedom is in you. No bondage can touch you. Now, that's all spiritually 100% true. But then there's your experience. And what, what changes the experience? Well, it's applying spiritual truth to it. When I enforce what's spiritually true, it changes my experience. And God has designed us to not just live in a world that doesn't experience spiritual truth, but then also knows it. Oh, I know I'm supposed to be healed, but I'm not living it. I know I'm supposed to be filled with the peace of God, or I'm spiritually already filled with the peace of God, but I'm not experiencing it. I know I'm supposed to be feeling the joy of the Lord, but I'm not. God never intended your experience to be a different, uh, a, any different than what he has made spiritually true inside of you. He designed everything that he did on the inside to come right on out to the outside. That he would be working from that new place inside of you and getting it to the outside. So here's what I want to do to upgrade our experience with the Lord. And you can do this just by believing that what you're doing is actually working. But the Bible talks about faith, and it is a powerful force. So what we're going to do is, in just a moment, we're going to take some deep breaths, just like an oxygen bar, and we're going to breathe in the presence of God. Because the presence of God is all around us. The presence of God is in us. But as you begin to breathe him in, the, the anointing that's just in the room, the presence of God that's just here will begin to saturate you to, to the extent that it's going to change what you're experiencing right here, right now.
it's going to actually completely alter your mind. It's going to alter your, your mindset because the presence of God changes everything. Now, we're not doing something that is uh, outside of Bible. The Bible says to do these things. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come to the throne room of grace. We're doing what Jesus made available to us. Amen. So what we're going to do is on the count of three, I just want us to take a big deep breath in. And as you do that, I just want you to to have the, this image in your mind that you're, you're in the throne room of grace, that we are coming to the throne room of grace by faith. If that word truly exists and God truly wrote what he said there, then we have an invitation inside of our pocket to walk in there with our head held high boldly to come into the presence of the almighty God. And in his presence, we're just going to breathe in the very atmosphere that's in the throne room. So here's what I want you to do on the count of three. Just breathe in the presence of God. One, two, three. I can just hear the Lord saying this, that some in here, this is the first time you've ever even experienced the presence of God the very first time you even felt something different than just what this world's offering. Come on. God is not some distant person. God is here. God is with us. His presence is designed to be experienced. It's designed to be lived in. It's designed to be partaken of. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Mm. Now, while we're in the throne room, by the way, I was, I was acting on that verse one time, and by faith, I stepped into the throne room of grace. And all of a sudden, I could just see in the throne room. And it wasn't like outwardly, it was inwardly. But I could just see into the throne room of grace, and the first thing I noticed in the throne room was the magnitude of the room. You think of room, and you think of like bedroom, or you think, you know, maybe even this room would be like, okay, it's probably at least this size right now. No, this room is something your mind cannot even wrap your mind around of how huge this room is. You could just look in a distance and it would go as far as your eye could see would be the actual room. You're still indoors. In the, book, in the book of Revelation, it talks multiple times about the throne room and how that there were saints in the throne room and that the number of the, the people in the throne room couldn't be numbered. Think about a stadium that seats like 80,000. That's a lot of people in a in but that, that's way, way smaller than what John's describing he's seeing in the throne room. He's saying there's, there's literally billions upon billions of people in this room. Imagine a room that can fit billions of people. That's the throne room of God. It is huge. It is magnificent. 
And so what, what I want to do now while we're in the throne room, I want us to go to him for what we do need. Knowing he's good, knowing that he's a God that isn't going to ignore our requests, he gave us an invitation and said, he said, my son, my daughter, here's an invitation. When you need grace, when you need something, come to my throne room. Don't come in like you're sad. Don't come in like a whipped dog that feels like he's good for nothing. No, come in boldly, knowing that you've been washed clean by the blood of my son Jesus, knowing that you've been made righteous by me and not by your own works. And even you can come in if you need it, I'll give you mercy, which means you definitely have blown it, but you need some mercy. Then you can still come. This invitation's for you. Come into the throne room. Come into my presence and receive what you need. Receive from me. I hear some, well, what's available? <laughs> I've made everything available to you. In Romans 8, it says this, that if God gave Jesus, which is like the highest of high gifts, how will he not also freely give you all things in him? Last time I checked, that word all meant really all. So we just get to say, Lord, you are my all in all. Whatever I need, I come to you. So let's take a moment. I'm going to sit down right here. And come, kneel before the throne, boldly, And as the scripture says, make your requests known to the Lord. Get what you need. And I want you in your own heart to perceive like you're reaching out your hand. And it doesn't matter if it's an answer. It doesn't matter if it's finances. It doesn't matter if it's healing. It doesn't matter what it is. I want you to just reach your hand out to the throne. God never turned away an open hand. Jesus never rejected someone coming to him. And by faith say, Lord, I'm coming to you right here, right now, in your throne room to receive grace, to receive what I need, to receive empowerment from you, to receive answers, to receive healing, to receive the things that I need to do what you've called me to do. Lord, I come to you. You're the one where my help, my help comes from. You're the one who has the answers I need. Hallelujah. And by faith, I want you to see that thing placed inside of your hand by the Father, setting it right there, saying, son, daughter, it is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is my good pleasure 
to give to you the things that you need, the things that you desire. It is my good pleasure to give you what your heart wants. So come to me as often as you need. Whatsoever you desire, you can ask. You can ask in the name, the name of my son Jesus. And I will not hold anything good back from you.